Welcome to Disney Planning Insights. This is a replay of our DPI News and Notes show that we do every Tuesday over on Facebook. To see my smiling face, find us on Facebook at DPI Podcast or on YouTube at the Disney Planning Insights Podcast. Now enjoy this episode after a short ad from our friends at Anchor. Hi, I'm Matt. Welcome to Disney Planning Insights. Through creative content and live shows, we explain the hidden details of the Disney experience so that our clients can execute memorable adventures. Together with Princesses and the Mouse Disney Travel, we have helped hundreds of clients plan, book, and prepare for magical Disney vacations. Let our experience help you avoid common planning mistakes and maximize the enjoyment on your next Disney trip. Hey, what's going on? It's Matt with the DPI Podcast. Um, we're going to have some fun tonight. Uh... Start off with a few new things, uh, and we got some new subscribers over the past couple of days, um, all private over on YouTube, so we're up to 312 subscribers over on YouTube right now, which is pretty awesome. Um, and then, I have no clue where Peter with Princesses and the Mouse Disney Travel went. Um, he was there, and then he's gone now. He's going to be joining us tonight. We're going to have a DPI Top 3. Um, and we've got some other fun with some news and notes and some other stuff going on. Um, so I'm going to talk a little bit, get you kind of ready. I'll, I'll let Peter kind of come on when he gets his stuff set up. But, uh, wanted to start off by talking about the Splash Mountain stuff. And, and while I'm doing this, I'm going to go ahead and just drop this stuff down over here. Um... And we'll see, we'll see what goes on with, with him as he, as he loads back up. But, uh, I'm going to go and get on, let's, uh, da, 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 da. let's do this. Yes, Peter with Princesses of the Mouse Disney Travel is going to join us here in a second. He's going to be over on that screen. Um, but I'm going to start talking about Splash Mountain. So Splash Mountain closed at the Magic Kingdom over the weekend. Um, opened since 1992, I believe. Um, 1995. And it's, it's closing for a refurbishment. It's not closing forever. It's closing for a refurbishment. And people lost their freaking minds about this. And and you saw it a little bit when they closed down Maelstrom and made Frozen Ever After. But this was different. And a lot of the reason it was different is when Disney announced the change. Disney announced the change at a very strange time in our society kind of right after the riots of 2020 and 
it, it was received by a lot of people that Disney was pushed into making this change. In all reality, I think it was a change that Disney was going to make no matter what. But it ended up looking a lot different than that to a lot of people. Um, and therefore, you got this whole Save Splash Mountain group that was kind of out there. Um, going as far as wanting to lobby the governor to designate Splash Mountain as a historical landmark so it could not be changed. So, with that being said, it's now 2023. Um, so, let's say year and a half after the announcement splash mountain closed over the weekend on sunday at the end of the night it had over a three hour wait about about a three and a half hour wait um when the park closed for people to ride it um they actually had to close the ride and, and i'm i'm surprised there hasn't been video that's come out about people fighting about who was going to be the last to ride splash mountain in its current form disney did the right thing Disney let the cast members that worked Splash Mountain to close that night. They let them have the last rides on Splash Mountain. And then rounded up the people that were kind of straggling around to watch the last ride and video it and get all that clout. And closed down the park about 2.05 on Monday morning. Um, it is what it is. Go on eBay. You can see the idiocracy that's going on. With people trying to sell jars of Splash Mountain water. They understand it's going to probably be the same water when it opens as Tiana's Bayou Adventure. I don't know. To me, it huge, 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 overblown situation. Bayou Adventure is going to be awesome. As long as Disney puts in the effort and doesn't make it a projector-heavy, projector-reliant attraction. Um, if they if they take the time, do the animatronics, and, and really give this ride a second life, I think it's going to be extended well beyond the next 30 years um, with this new state. Really surprised. There he is. He's back. I don't know where you went. All of a sudden, you were gone. I've been here the whole time you talked about Splash Mountain. Oh, hey. So, with that being said, Peter, what are your thoughts about Splash Mountain? Uh, you and I have talked about it in the past. I'm, I am a huge fan of Splash Mountain in its, what we can say now is previous form. Um, I have a lot of nostalgia as the very first time I went to Disney World was shortly after the... The creation of Splash Mountain. So, uh, my very first trip was shortly after Splash Mountain opened, and so it's kind of like always been a part of my trips to Disney World. Um, one of our more favorite family rides because it did boast a whopping almost five-minute ride time. Uh, it was wonderful to get into the cool, you know, between the water, the cool of the indoor, the the fun drop, like. It's just a fantastic ride to be on, on a 95 degree day in Disney World. Um, 
All of that said, I have also expressed my support for the re-theme as I think it's going to be really, really cool to take... The ride's not going to change in the same way that Frozen Ever After is literally the maelstrom. Like... With an overlay. Right, every bit of it. (laughs) The ride is going to be equally as awesome, but now you take it and you bring it into this generation's understanding of Disney IP and like the only reason my kids knew who Br'er Rabbit and Br'er Fox and Br'er Bear were was because they rode Splash Mountain. Yeah, (laughs) it wasn't because it wasn't because Song of the South. Right, 100%. And but at the same time they only knew about it because I had to explain who Br'er Fox, Br'er Rabbit and Br'er Bear were, you know, and Br'er Toad and Br'er Bird and Br'er (laughs) (laughs) Like, the first time that we rode that ride, I had to, like, explain, like, oh, yeah, it's from this kind of, like, obscure Disney movie that isn't really, um, you know, shown anymore. But it's just kind of fun because it's this whimsical story. And now anybody from this generation or the next generation who walks into the park is immediately going to know who Tiana is. There aren't going to be any conversations of, hey, Mom, where's this from? (laughs) You know, it's Princess and the Frog. Um, And then my other point was, I'm glad they're doing it because when you get down to it, uh, this makes the most sense with obviously Tiana being kind of on the bayou. It's the easiest one to sort of reface, if you will. And um, Tiana's the only American Disney princess. All the other ones are from Germany and France and all these European countries, you know, over into Asia as you go to China and everything. Um, Yeah. Tiana grew up in Louisiana and New Orleans, and then she married Prince Naveen. And so now she is a princess. And uh, she's the only Disney princess that was born in America. So um, my, my whole question about this movie is, you know, when did New Orleans get a prince? No, he he's not from New Orleans. <laughs> he came to New Orleans looking for money because... His parents cut him off because of his ways of debauch. Pay attention to the storyline <laughs> of the movie now. All right. So let's let's get back on the train here and let's go ahead and start the timer for the news. And let's talk a little bit of news. The first thing I want to bring up is this huge Star Cruiser faux discount that they're doing right now. So, so explain that to the people on what, what Disney's doing with this. So, I, I literally had another email come across this today, and I was like, so dumb. So dumb. <laughs> um, so, right, if you, if you book, if you basically, essentially a, a land and space vacation, right? Because, <laughs> like, you can book a land and sea where you kind of joint your Disney cruise line over with your Walt Disney World stay. And so if you book a land and space stay, they'll give you $700 off your land stay of at least two nights. Of at least two <laughs> nights, yes. Uh, so I, we have talked about this before. It, it's a two-night experience. But yet it comes in at the cost of approximately a five or six night cruise. Yes. So if you want 
me and my family to go on it, I would be much more apt to pay the money if it was closer in line to like a three night cruise on Disney Cruise Line. So if I'm going to spend that amount of money, I might as well go on. Hell, I can go on a three to four night cruise and then do a stay at Disney World and still be at the Galactic Star Cruisers cost. Yeah, because you're right around six grand with a family of four on the Star Cruiser. And I mean, especially if you're going off season, you can do a three night cruise and three days at the park for cheaper than six grand. Yeah, or like right around that that mark, right? So now all that though, I have seen, I've had some clients go, I have had a friend go, I have seen tons and tons of stuff about it. Is it an amazing, unique, once-in-a-lifetime experience? Yes, 100%. Um, But I don't think Disney's in the business of creating things that are meant to be once-in-a-lifetime, you know? Yeah. Like, they... It's just it's it's priced itself out, and and we've seen the repercussions. We've seen the trickle down of this. They've canceled a bunch of cruises that are taking place in the next three to five months. They they have canceled out, you know, almost almost one a week. Definitely like two to three per month, to yeah. where they're recognizing that they just straight up don't have the the capacity to run the whole show. So. I don't know. I, I feel like we're going to get to a head at some point, and all of a sudden you're going to see drastic slashing, which you and I speculated from the very get-go a couple years ago, and that's why you and I haven't taken the Star Cruiser, because we're waiting for the drastic slashing. Yeah, yeah. Um, let, let's move on to some happier news. We've got a start date for Flower and Garden now, um, March the 1st. And... To me, it feels like Flower and Garden's going a little bit longer this year, and Food and Wine starting a little bit later because of that. So, um, talk a little bit about Flower and Garden. So, I like the pushback in the end date because last year I felt that Food and Wine almost like overstayed its welcome. Uh, so, Flower and Garden's really cool, and and here's what I love about Flower and Garden over Food and Wine: when Food and Wine starts midsummer. I would really rather like see all those awesome topiaries still. Yeah. Around, right. So, and that's what flower and garden brings in flower and garden brings in tons and tons of topiaries that basically litter the world showcase and even other areas around the park. And they provide these really unique photo opportunities. They're obviously Disney real, um, but they are really, really fantastic. And they, they just sort of, I don't know. The, the entire park just sort of seems kind of like upbeat and excited um, the entire time that Flower and Garden's going on. And then to the side of that, you have, I don't know, about two-thirds to three-quarters of the amount of food booths, except instead of these food booths celebrating world cuisine, the food booths are celebrating um, unique locally sourced ingredients, unique freshly grown, um, responsibly sourced ingredients. And so, you know, food and wine, there's only so many ways that you can represent the cheese bread from Brazil. But over at Flower and Garden, it really, really gives the Imagineers and the people in charge of designing those festivals a a lot more flexibility to to really create changing menus and, and unique dishes for 
for the people who are going to go and experience it. So, yeah, and and dates this year March first through July fifth. So um, instead of ending at the at the end of June and then basically food and wine starting Fourth of July weekend, um, Flower and Garden gets an extra week this year basically to kind of have its thing, which is nice because it kind of splits up summer break as well. So for those kids that, you know, that maybe the families don't want to go down during food and wine festival because of, it, it attracts a crowd. I mean, it does. And this gives people a little bit more time to get down there and enjoy the parks. And July 4th around the parks is really, really cool. So this, this kind of gives a different flair to you know, Epcot and, and being at the Magic Kingdom for July 4th as well. Um, also coming for the first time, you're going to have a photo op with topiaries of Mirabelle, Antonio, Isabella, and Luisa from Disney's Encanto, um, as well as a lot of the fan favorite topiaries returning. So, Speaking of topiaries, did you see that the 16-foot Tefiti topiary is in place now in the Moana, in the Moana Journey of Water area? Yeah, I was actually going to cover your face with the video of it. Oh. So, cool, <laughs> but yeah, um, as Peter said, the 16-foot the, the topiary of Tefiti is now in place. And... They still really have never given us an open date for this. It is like the biggest mystery in Disney right now. <laughs> I don't think there's going to be, like, honestly, I think it's going to be one of those things where it's just sort of like, hey, it's open today. Because <laughs> right? what is it? It's literally like, it's it's literally cranking the, the, the nozzle on. It's turning on, the water on, yeah. On a water spigot. And, and then, ta-da, it's open. <laughs> All right. Uh, Kelly Grill's changing its menu a little bit. It's offering a three-course selection featuring contemporary market-inspired cuisine. Um, and this is going to start on April the 1st. Reservations for this offering will start on January 31st. Um, we've both been to Kelly Grill with the 50th anniversary menu um i think it was good food at a really high price smaller portion sizes i just i i felt like when we went to kelly grill prior to the 50th and when we went to kelly grill on the 50th it was like two completely different experiences and i know your experience at kelly grill had more to do with your service than it did your food. Yeah. But like when we went to Kelly Grill before the 50th, I felt like all the serving sizes were a little bit bigger. Yeah, there was still a price. It's it's a high-end restaurant on Disney property, but it didn't have the oh look, you get a paper 50th menu. This is a souvenir. You get to pay extra for this price that it do, does right now. Um this this is this change is nice because it goes back to what Cali Grill kind of was before. And it was more of a market-inspired menu changed a couple times uh, throughout the week based on what they could get in fresh, that kind of thing menu. I think it's a good change. What are your thoughts? 
uh, all the things you said are kind of my thoughts. And then, yeah, um, the 50th menu, the food was fantastic. I was just, it took us like two and a half hours to have that meal. And that's just because we had to literally leave our dessert sitting on the table to then go out and watch the fireworks. When we planned to be like paid and done and then just take an extra drink from the bar out to the terrace. And instead we were sitting there with like, yes, and it was, it was 100% my server because that individual did not have a, an urgent bone in their body. (laughs) (laughs) And it wasn't even like we were trying to be urgent. We just expected that when we sat down, we would have drinks within five minutes, which was apparently 15 and that we would order within 15 minutes. And apparently that was, 40 (laughs) it was yeah so um the food though was fantastic and and here's the thing about california grill it is always going to put out a fantastic food menu um it's just really a question mark of kind of like you know what are the markups worth it that you were just talking about so um i'm excited i don't know if we're going to make it down there when we go there um i don't know if we're going to make it over there with all the other things like hawker shush has to happen. Oh, so excited to have Hawkers back. <laughs> All right. Speaking of Epcot, Epcot Auto Plaza Marquee will get a new look later this month. Uh, starting today, character-themed parking lots will be added to include some of the heroes and sidekicks who represent concepts in Epcot. So, Crush, Dory, Hey Hey, Moana, Rocket, Gamora, Wally, and Eve are going to be your new parking lot areas and they're going to be divided into earth and space and he's gone we lost him i'm still here oh you do not have a picture oh well keep talking i'm still here okay (laughs) uh yeah so there you go uh i'm back (laughs) yeah so my lights flickered and then my camera shut off. Uh oh. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> um. So yeah. So just a new. Uh... Oh. There's a whole lot of bad there. Are you ready for this? This is wild. My camera's turning back on. My wife got home with my son from swim practice, and apparently my office has got to be on the same circuit as the garage is the garage keep going out no the garage door was going up and coming back down huh that's wild yeah that's strange i think that's what it is i don't know i'm here though i'll switch to my laptop camera if i need to but i'm gonna keep trouble you just keep talking Okay. And it's got to be over 15 minutes. I think you've went past the news again. Did you not start a timer? Uh, we got two minutes and 33 seconds. So. Oh, that's so much time. What else do you yeah. want to talk about? So, so much time. Uh, any guest can now book an accessible minivan regardless of need. I hate this. Uh, <laughs> it's an accessible minivan for a reason. People that don't need the accessible minivan shouldn't be able to book them. Now, granted, there's no good way to filter that. But my friends at Quantum would agree with me that accessibility is 
something that Disney does real well, and the more that they offer it to people that don't need it, that benefit goes away really, really fast. Mm -hmm. So the accessible minivans would be for somebody that um, has a wheelchair, has a special needs stroller, something like that. Somebody that has a mobility disability, somebody that has an intellectual disability that needs a special vehicle. It's just so hard to put in place something that would be like a, hey, how do you describe your disability on the Lyft app so that they could differentiate between who needs one and who doesn't need one? Peter, well, still. My, my garage theory is not paying off because now my camera's just straight up not turning on. Mm. Battery issue? Or are you not plugged into power? I am. Um, keep talking. I'm here if you want me to weigh in. Yep. On it. I, I got gotcha. you. Oh, Hold on. Yeah. I'm gonna go to something else here. We're gonna we're gonna All the fun put elements up. since watching them come to life. Journey of Water is. What's up, everyone? My name is Christopher with Walt Disney Imagineering, and we are here at Journey of Water, inspired by Moana. So my day-to-day -day here involves walking all around the project site and keeping track of progress and capturing all of the fun elements and watching them come to life. Journey of Water is an exploration trail that allows you to follow the water cycle while also getting to know water itself and its fun, playful personality. And I really hope our guests walk away with a sense of stewardship towards water and all of our natural resources as well. We can't wait for you all to drop by later this year. What's up, everyone? My name is... Oh, news, news is getting ready to end, and I just ran the Journey of Water video over you, so nice. if you could please figure out your camera, because we need to get into the top three. Uh, I'm working on it. He's working on it, folks. He is. <laughs> it's always, you, you know, it, it, it's funny, it's always something, and... It's it really is. I don't even understand it because I'm totally and fully adequately prepared. And then, like last week, the battery was like, Haha, I'm not holding the charge. <laughs> and now today the camera's like, no, you use your crappy MacBook camera. If this does not work, we're just going to go to the MacBook camera. All right. Here we go. We're, go we're going for something. Let's see. We got, got a little bit more time. Let's see if we have any more news. I don't think we have any more news. I'm going to go over to the actual page to see. Uh, peace and justice, power and control, lightsaber parts available at Hollywood Studios. You got a camera in your face. I do. The one that's not working. <laughs> What's this? Uh, love is in the air, which only can mean one thing. Valentine's Day is almost here. Check out gift ideas that are sure to sh share the love. Uh, hey. hey. All right. Quick, do the top three. <laughs> All right. Uh, so without further ado, uh, let's get into the DPI new show. Top three. Here we go business trip everybody it's Matt with the DPI podcast and I've got Peter with princesses in the mouse 
Disney travel with us tonight, and it is DPI top three time. We have our bag of chips. I've got my thing of questions, and we are going to see what is going on. If you haven't been here before, DPI top three is our fun. You're using the tape thing again. Our our fun take on different uh, different Disney topics. And it's a random draw almost every week. I'm not going to say every week anymore because there's been a few weeks that it's been. Um, but hey, topics from last week was our favorite Disney smells. We've done favorite uh, favorite value restaurants, favorite resorts to explore. We've done all kinds of things. Um, so tonight's number is number 17. Let's see if we can get that in focus. There it is, 17. So let's see what number 17 is, and then we're going to have 20 seconds here to um, figure out what we're doing. <laughs> this is a good one. I, I might need to do some research because I don't know the names. Our favorite alcoholic drinks at Walt Disney World. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> oh, yeah. All right. I just you, gotta go to one restaurant and look at it. You've got 20 seconds now. 20. It's not Planning your first trip and getting overwhelmed by all the details? Planning your next trip and just want some new suggestions on things you haven't tried? Contact me at Princess of the Mouse Travel and I'd love to work with you planning your next trip to the most magical place on Earth. You can contact Princesses in the Mouse Disney Travel on Facebook at P-A-T-M Disney Travel. All right. Um, so we're back. This is an impossible topic. Why would I know the names? <laughs> if, if anything, I would be very, very concerned that I know the names of the drinks <laughs> off the top of my head. <laughs> like, what are we? What are we trying to portray on this show? <laughs> we we are we are we are building a character reference for our trials in the future. Is what we're doing, right? <laughs> We said alcoholic drinks, right? That was the stipulation? Alcoholic drinks. Uh, all right. I can give you my number three, which is probably my number one, but I'm going to use it as a way <laughs> to find the names of the other drinks I'm thinking of. Okay. Go for it. Okay. So my, uh, apparently number three, but it would honestly, this is the first thing that came to my head, is uh, so I am going to actually start with the Schaffenheffer Grapefruit Hefeweizen. So that beer, which, I mean, you can get it around, like I can get it at Meyer now and everything else like that, but that beer is synonymous with drinking at Disney for me for a couple of reasons. Um, it is just, so it's a Grapefruit Hefeweizen beer, obviously, as the name says. So it's got a little bit of tart, but a little bit of sweet, and it's a nice, smooth wheat beer. So on a 90-plus degree day, when you're tugging the backpack along because you're the dad of the family, and you've got sweat dripping down your back crack, <laughs> boy, having one of those in your hand is just fantastic. And you can get them in Germany and Epcot in a 16-ounce. There's also a secret. It is the snack cart right next to the entrance to the Olaf and the Mickey and Minnie short in Hollywood studio is the other place that you can get this beer. And you can also get it at a couple other restaurants, but I am a huge fan of 
going and grabbing one of those as I work my way around the back side of the world showcase. And it is absolutely wonderful. So shelf and heifer, grapefruit, Hefeweizen, my drink of choice at Walt Disney World. Okay, so my my number three is going to be you can get it a couple of different places, but it, it's the the Mexico Pavilion, basically. So where it comes from is La Cava Tequila. You can get it at um, La Hacienda de San Angel. You can get it at the San Angel Inn. It is the spicy blood orange margarita. Um, yeah, it, it fantastic, fantastic uh, drink. Got a, uh, a a Cajun spice salt around the rim, and then a good hearty blood orange margarita. Fantastic drink. Um, like I said. You can get it a few different places, but La Cava is the best experience if you have a chance to go in there and just have a couple of drinks in there. Just a great, great, um, great experience there. So, um, so my number three is the spicy blood orange margarita. Um, so let's go ahead and get to our number twos. Okay, I'm gonna do a number two, but you know what my number one is. And I swear, oh, I'm, I go first. So, huh, never mind. <laughs> All right, so here is my number two. It is also going to be found in Epcot. And my number two is found in the Rose and Crown Pub. Okay. Am, am I good? Yeah, you're good. Oh, you're looking up a menu to find it. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm on a menu right now. <laughs> <laughs> okay, your eyes were like darting everywhere. As it, <laughs> and I can't, I can't find, I can't find what I'm looking for, and it's pissing me off. That's funny. So, uh, so my number two is found at the Rosen Crown Pub over in the UK Pavilion, and it is going to be a diesel. Is the I was told by one of the amazing um, bartenders from the UK that it is called a diesel in her part of the UK. And um, what it is, is it is a snake bite. So that is going to be half harp lager and half strong bow apple cider. And then you put a little black currant in it. And it is just, oh my goodness. We have talked many times about mine and Matt's love for the the ones that are on the Skyliner, the resorts that are on the Skyliner. Mm -hmm. And so... As you get off the Skyliner and you come in to the Epcot back entrance there, you're between France and UK. My kids, like, it's not even a question. We walk into Epcot, even if we're going to go to France, they know that they got to stand on the top of the bridge while daddy walks down to Rosencrown. Like, <laughs> the, the moment, like, it could be nine in the morning, and if Rosencrown's door is open, I'm going in. And after fireworks, it's one of the few places that continues to serve. So you can typically, the park is technically closed. It's been closed for 40 minutes. Rosencrown will serve you one. You can go sit out on their back terrace overlooking the lake. Um, last year, we were there for my birthday. We were kind of run down for the day. My whole family went back to the resort and I straight up left all of them, went to Epcot because <laughs> we spent the day in Hollywood Studios. I went to Epcot just to get one of these and then go sit down on the lake to enjoy the nice evening breeze and just the serenity and calm that is kind of that area of the park, enjoying one of my favorite drinks. 
Like, because my wife was like, well, what do you want to do on your birthday? It's like, I'm getting on the Skyliner. She's like, okay, bye. Enjoy your snake bite. I was like, yeah, all right. <laughs> so, so Shannon chimed in. She goes, uh, what if my husband won't stop long enough for me to uh, even drink a beverage? So, do you have any advice for Shannon? <laughs> do what I did, Shannon. Just be like, all right, I'll meet you at that next thing. I'm going to go over here and grab my drink. Uh, I have also been known to get lost in apple seed orchard during food and wine festival <laughs> for, for an appreciable amount of time. All right. Uh, before we move on, uh, if you want to submit an idea for the top three show, you can go over to the website, uh, patmdisneytravel.wixsite.com forward slash planning up in the right hand corner you can check that out and um you can... <laughs> shit <laughs> maybe he and I need to take a business trip <laughs> uh, go up in the top right hand corner and you can submit a top three question we actually got one from a viewer last week that we are going to work into the show I think we're going to use it as this week's um, client question though because I, it's a pretty good one and I don't know that we would have a top three necessarily for it so um, I'll try to come up with three things so, so my number two I can't find it but there's something close so I wonder if they changed it um, so over at Space 220 it's called the Nebula so it is. It, it was it's a whiskey the ice cream sandwich. No, 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 no. That's that's the bang or the big tang. Oh, okay. The the nebula was the one that had kind of like the the anextra bitters in the star at the bottom of it. Um, it's Maker's Mark pineapple, honey, and passion fruit. And then yeah, it's it's a good good drink. Um, it's just not the same as the one that was there last year uh, but uh but no if you want to go over and get find some cool drinks there's a lot of places to find some really cool drinks um you know you got trader sam's you've got uh space 220 you've got a lot of different places if you want some of those exotic drinks um so my number two is going to be the nebula that was the yeah i think it was called the galaxy cosmo is what i got yeah, uh, I, I was remembering something being called the Galaxy like that, and I don't see it on their menu. I jumped over there real quick while you yeah. were talking about it. Um, let's just talk about also, like, any drink that you're having at Space 220 is, pardon the pun, like, it is an out-of-the-world experience. It is, yeah. like, it, it really, because, I mean, we had my kids convinced that they were on... <laughs> Like they were on a little space station until like a solid twenty minutes in that restaurant. No, I mean it gives you it gives you all the feels. I mean you you walk in, the elevator is really cool. It's a it's an awesome effect. The the huge screen in the restaurant is an awesome effect. I mean it really makes you feel like you left and you're on this little like space station. For, for dinner. It's pretty cool. Really cool. So, yeah. So, my number two, I'll go with the Nebula, but I, I'm pretty sure it was that Galaxy Cosmo um, that, that it had before. There was another... There's They've changed this menu up quite a bit since last year because there's there's only a couple... The the Big Tang and the, the Atmos Spirits are really the only ones I remember because of the cotton ca candy that they 
melt in that one drink so yeah jesse and i got one and i think it i think it was the big tang that it was tang infused agave nectar um no there was one oh it was a coffee here it was oh see i don't see it where's the coffee hold on there was a drink there it was crazy it was like coffee but then they had like a kalua foam like it was straight up foamed and i'm not seeing it on the menu anymore either like that thing was crazy um like just take it <laughs> like whoa this is, this got some stuff going on all anyway. right before, before we get into our number ones where can people find you uh, really, uh, right here on Tuesdays at 715. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, uh, Facebook, yep, is the best way. And just type in Princess of the Mouse Travel or Disney Travel Agent. And you should see me standing in front of Expedition Everest with my family. Um, obviously, you can go in through our Wix site and fill out a form there if you'd like me to contact you as well. But directly through Facebook allows you to send me a straight messenger and obviously those notifications are on my phone versus waiting for the form to come through and get over to me and everything like that. So, um, yeah, there you go. There you Love go. To help you out. So let's get into our number one. So Peter, what is your number one alcoholic drink at Walt Disney world? All right. It is more my wife's number one drink. I have enjoyed it but I will typically fall off to something else when we go to this place. But we just talked about Space 220 and it's out of the world experience. So I will go with another out of the world experience and I will head over to Ogus Cantina, of course, over in Hollywood Studios. So first of all, inside of Ogus Cantina, similar to Space 220, you've got a wide variety of special cocktails. There is the T-16, which is essentially a grasshopper. So it's got like some mint vibes to it. Um, it's got some cream in there and uh, that's a great drink. The Yub Nub is some Malibu with some various juices. Great, great drinks, but a drink that you will not get anywhere. Like I would love for you to tell me, oh no, I totally had that here. Like you're not gonna get it anywhere is the Fuzzy Tauntaun. The Fuzzy Tauntaun. And there is a video from when Matt and I did go on our business trip, Shannon, of Matt. Like, we recorded it because I wanted <laughs> to get his recording, uh, his reaction to this thing. So, in terms of a drink, it's essentially like a screwdriver. Um, in terms of what's going on inside of the drink, it's some citrus. And um, I can't remember if it's rum or vodka, but that's not the star of the show. The star of the show is this foam that they put on top and the foam is a numbing foam and it's incredibly like go search on Amazon and try to find a numbing foam and <laughs> you're be taking all sorts of places to enjoy and again this may be may or may not be used against us in the quarter law at right. a future date <laughs> so it, it's wild like you take a drink and you're lips start to go numb and depending on how into your like your tongue starts to go numb and it's just it is a wild wild experience um to do so i am going to say if you out there are looking for a unique drink 
and you have not been to Oga's Cantina, when you arrive, your first drink has to be the fuzzy tauntaun, and then feel free to move off to something that maybe suits your desires a little bit more. So there you go. That is my number one alcoholic beverage at Walt Disney World. Well, you made we that show. We didn't in Magic Kingdom. It was weird. Yeah. You made you made the show uh, really easy because that's my number one as well. No. Uh, so, you know, you, you made me have to find another number one. And, and there's a drink that I go to all the time. And it, it's it's kind of common drink i guess but it's got a really neat spin on it and it's going to be the italian margarita and we're back over at epcot in the italy pavilion at uh tuto gusto the restaurant there in italy and it is a margarita but with limoncello and just a very very unique light flavor to it um frozen and just a, a good drink. I mean, when we talk about Epcot, we could literally go pavilion to pavilion and say, this is my favorite drink here. This is my favorite drink here. This is my favorite drink here. And we could have done a whole show just on drinks at Epcot. We probably will at some point. Uh, Except for China. What? Yeah. Except for China. Like, oh, yeah. uh, I'm going to take a jasmine. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, I mean, you think you think about all the unique things that you can get around the world, and then especially with when food and wine comes in, you basically triple that with what they bring in for food and wine. So just just the possibilities there are fantastic. But when it does come to drinking, you know, you do have limitations right now. Magic Kingdom is very limited on what you can get. You you can start getting beverages at some of the sit-down restaurants. Um, <laughs> have you gotten a beverage at a sit-down restaurant? Uh, so Mama Melrose, I was thinking along this lines, because I think I've had what you were talking about there. Mama Melrose in Hollywood Studios also has Mama's Margarita, and it's, it's exactly what Matt's talking about. So you can get it in a couple of different parts. Um, we didn't give any credit over to animal kingdom at all in this area and um i don't know i i guess it would behoove us to say if you go over to grog's grotto in pandora you can get some pretty unique cocktails and beers um you can essentially get the uh night blossom basically spiked which is a really really cool slush drink so because none of our top three included that i do want to just you're kind of talking about Magic Kingdom. You're right. It's just limited to like ciders and beers and a couple cocktails at their sit-down restaurants where they can control you. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> but yeah, Animal Kingdom also has a wide variety of places as well. Um, they also have a unique beer called the Tusker Lager that's only available. It's straight up brewed for Animal Kingdom. Yeah, so, and and you know we didn't we didn't give any love to any of the the resort restaurants as well. Oh yeah! Oh my. God. I mean, oh got, yeah, we could have done a whole thing on the whole um, the Snow White, the Artist Point. Yeah, we could have done Artist Point. We could have done um, the Enchanted Rose. We could have done yeah. uh, Grog Grotto, Trader Sam's Grog Grotto. That I mean, there's there's a lot when you get outside the parks too, and that and that, then you have all of Disney Springs, which is a whole nother ball of wax because you've got places like the Edison, and they've got freaking four bars in that restaurant they really do <laughs> <laughs> so 
if, if you want to go down, and, and this is this is a good one to say, if you want to go down to Disney as an adult, there is a whole hell of a lot to do as an adult in Disney. Shepard Smith's moonshine cocktails are like the strongest, and they come in these like asinine <laughs> thermoses that you can take back and refill for like a four dollar discount. <laughs> yeah, there's just uh, it always like when people say, "Oh, I can't believe you and your wife spend your anniversary there." I'm like, I can't believe you've never thought of going to Disney as an adult without kids. Yeah. Like, all right, one more time. Where can people find you, Peter? I don't even know at this point. <laughs> <laughs> find me on Facebook. I would love to help you out. And, and like Matt and I were just talking about, whether you're figuring out something for your family or you're just going down. Like I have a, I have a couple going down here in two weeks that it's just them. And uh, the first time they went down, they worked with me as their travel aide. Well, they went a whole bunch when their kids were kids. And now their kids are grown up, and so they've gone down. And I, they got me to plan a trip for them, and I sent them to a whole bunch of restaurants that they had no idea even existed. So I would love to help you plan your trip down to, well, Walt Disney World is obviously a specialty, but really anywhere, um, whether it be a Disney park or even even other things as well. So Yeah, so lots of... Lots of things going on. So um, thanks for joining us tonight for Disney's DPI Top 3. Um, we'll see you guys next week on the show. We are going to go ahead and get into this week's client question. So let me go ahead and flip over to that screen. Do you have questions concerning planning a Disney trip? Ask them live on the show or submit them on our website at patmdisneytravel.wixsite.com forward slash planning. All right. So this week's uh, client question was actually submitted as a top three. And, and the reason I'm going to do this as a top three is because um, most of our spring breaks don't make it to Easter. So this... This client question is, what are the top three things to do at Easter at the parks? So, you know, it's it's really, Easter falls in kind of that secondary holiday market when it comes to the parks. You know, I kind of lump it in with like what they do for Thanksgiving and the 4th of July, except you don't get the extra fireworks and, and those types of holidays you do get some special characters, you do get some special meals and that kind of stuff around the park. Um, but it is relatively limited when it comes to what they change for Easter. So, Peter, you get down there a little bit closer to Easter. You know, what What have your experiences been? Well, um, right off the top of my head, there's a couple of things. So, in most, in all of the festivals over at Epcot, uh, whether it be food and wine or flower and garden, there's always these scavenger hunts, right? So during food and wine, you're going to find Remy with various in ingredients. During flower and garden, you're going to find Spike the Bee um, with various flowers, and they're going to be all around. And basically what you do is you peel and stick um, the, the correct sticker with the appropriate location on your little park map. And if you complete it, uh, inside tip, you can literally just pick this prize up when you buy the map. 
you don't actually have to bring it completed back. So you can just get the prize and then let your kids complete it. That way, if they don't complete it, you don't have to make a second stop. Um, but ultimately, these scavenger hunts have like little special prizes. So we have tons of sandwich boxes, cups, all these sorts of like little things. I've got a little candy dish sitting on my built-in in the living room. And they've all come from these little scavenger hunts. Well, during the approximately three to four weeks before Easter, they will put up, in addition to Spike the Beat, because Flower and Garden's going on, they'll also put up a Easter egg scavenger hunt where the eggs are big, big, giant eggs. Um, and they are decorated like your favorite Disney characters. And so as you go around to these different places, you'll peel the egg sticker and put it in the appropriate location. And um, just like all the other scavenger hunts, kind of a unique little uh, souvenir to say, yay, look, I did it. Um, the other thing that comes to my mind is the Grand Cottage over at Grand Floridian. So during Christmas, the Grand Floridian puts, it's essentially like a little snack stand in its lobby. And during uh, Christmas time, it's a gingerbread house. And during Easter time, it's this little spring cottage. And at this little cottage, you can purchase very specific springtime Easter themed treats, little little snack cakes and, and other little things like that. So um, those are the two main things that uh, I can speak that Disney does. On top of that, the rest of it's just kind of like, you can you can pay to get things delivered to your room. Well, they have special Easter ones during that time of year. You can uh, go to different snack stands around the park and they'll have like specific Easter themed treats. Um, but really outside of that, nothing big or showy in terms of of my mind uh, coming to mind. Is there anything that you've seen down there, Matt? Really, the things that I've seen are more like, you know, they'll have an Easter Bunny and a Mrs. Easter Bunny meet and greet, um, usually uh, Easter weekend. Uh, and then past that, maybe a different dance troupe in the, the, the parade, the Festival of Fantasy Parade. They might have the flowers or, or something like that in that parade. Uh, so like I said, it very much handled like a secondary holiday. And then also about eh, probably here in the next few weeks, we'll start getting an idea of like a brunch menu um, of some of the restaurants, the resort restaurants and some Disney Springs restaurants that will be offering an Easter brunch um, that will be special for that weekend. Will. What's that? I know Steakhouse 71 at Contemporary will, and I'm not sure of the others, but I do know that they'll have an Easter brunch. Um, yeah, and then on top of that, like, you can make Easter special. We've been down there on Easter Day, and the Easter Bunny dropped an Easter basket off at our hotel. And if you go, it, it doesn't – I'm trying to remember where we got it from. I can't remember if the gift shop had it or if we had to go talk to the guests, like, the um, – the hotel front desk but they just like we bought a couple of things from the shop and then we we asked hey do you have any baskets we're like oh absolutely here you go and they just gave us some baskets um because they knew exactly what we were trying to do and then i just i forget i think the kids were at the pool and i 
snuck all the stuff back to the room and then hid it behind the floor length curtains and then after they went to bed I think I set it out. So there you go. But hopefully there's watching this show. (laughs) (laughs) Kate, a few things that you can do around the parks at Easter and if you have any other questions, definitely reach out to one of us and we will be able to answer any specific questions that you have. Um, if you do have a question for this segment of the show, definitely go on the website patmdisneytravel.wixsite.com and up in that top right hand corner there's a question box that you can submit your question to us and we will answer it live on the show Um, again Peter thank you for joining us uh, this week on the show Uh, do you have anything else before we get out of here I saw just back because apparently I wasn't on the show yet (laughs) in the very beginning of the show you talked about yeah I saw an eBay ending bid of $119 for four ounces of Splash Mountain water, (laughs) which, by the way, they just have a pump to that giant lagoon around Tom Sawyer Island, the rivers of the world. That's where the water comes from for for Splash Mountain. (laughs) So this is the most asinine thing I've ever seen in the history of entertainment and theme parks. Uh, Anyway, that's it. I just wanted to throw that out there. All right. So we're going to end on that. Thank you guys all for watching tonight. Have a good week. Hey, Peter with Princesses of the Mouse. Disney Travel joined us this week. Um, Talked a little Splash Mountain. Top three on our favorite alcoholic beverages. Definitely want to check those out. social media you can check us out at a lot of different places but the easiest ones on facebook at dpi podcast for the podcast at patm disney travel for the travel side over on twitter you can find us on at disney insights you found us on youtube and on instagram we are at princesses in the mouse watching, listening, supporting, liking, sharing, everything that you guys do. Have a wonderful week. Be safe, and we will talk to you next week. Bye now.